everyone. It's time to eat, drink, and be merry with your hosts, Lisa and Nancy. Hey, everybody. It is summertime in Arizona, and we're excited to get grilling and talking all things wine on today's Wine Time with Peggy Big Blend radio show. Uh, Peggy is here every first Wednesday, and we have a good time. She always teaches us wine terms. I know she's got one I can't pronounce um, that she's going to be talking about today. She's going to be talking about grilling. We're going to talk about what's going on in the vineyard. And now that it is warming up, especially in Arizona, we're going to talk about what wines to drink for hot summer days. Uh, I encourage you to go to Peggy's website. Her and her husband, Kurt, own and run LDV Winery in Arizona. So the tasting rooms in Scottsdale and the actual winery itself is uh, out in the Chiricahua foothills. So in Southeast Yay. Arizona. So go to ldvwinery.com. So Peggy, how are you? Welcome I'm back. Thank you. I'm terrific. It's a beautiful day in Arizona. A little warm, yeah. but um, yeah. yeah, very nice. Sizzles. It nice. says she's wearing white for summer, you know? Yes. <laughs> Nancy and I need to get on board with it. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. warm. We're recording this today in Oklahoma. I think it'll be airing when we're in Iowa, but it's in the 80s here today, which is quite wow. lovely and sunshiny. Lots of flowers mm -hmm. in bloom. And I don't know anything about Oklahoma wines, though. Um, we'll get there. Yeah, they have them. We'll I don't know much Did about it? them either, though. So you ah. you, you educate me. <laughs> I Well, I'll let oh, you know so if we, we get, get to some. go drinking. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, Nancy, that's it. Stop work. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. That's well, I know Maryland, Maryland had good wines, so that was pretty, that was, that was good. Um, mm. But yeah, summer is here. Let's, uh, before we get into vineyard and everything, what should we be sipping on right now when it gets warm? Is it always whites, rosés? I know you have a new rosé. We have a new rosé. Of course, it's perfect um, time for pulling out the rosés. And, and our rosé is a rosé of Grenache. So 100% Grenache. Ooh. Really, it's a more full-bodied a rosé, zero residual sugar, but it's just a beautiful pool pounder. Or you might want to go to like a Viognier, which oh, nice. I have here, which makes a wonderful um, summertime pool pounder, I call it. And you can even make this a little uh, spritzer-like by adding some seltzer water or something to it and putting it over ice with a lime mm. or something makes it really wonderful for summer. But don't shy away from the reds. You know, there's some um, lighter reds. I mean, I do reds year round. I, um, that doesn't ever stop yeah. me from drinking me a big neither. cab or a yeah. big Syrah. But uh, yeah, year round, choose a, a, a wonderful red. Um, Chablis, like a French Chablis is beautiful this time of year. Um, Chardonnay, of course. Mm. I would go to more of a, um, maybe an aged in stainless steel Chardonnay rather than a big uh, buttery Chardonnay, but yeah, have fun mm. with it. What, mm. what about temperature to keep it cool? Because I know people who put ice in their wine and Peggy's like a shenanigans. No, 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 not in Peggy's oh. house. <laughs> well, if you drink it fast before it melts, then maybe I'm okay with it, but I don't like a watery wine, you know, so yeah. it all depends on in the summertime, the ice cubes melt pretty fast and, 
and it yeah. uh, takes away from the beauty of the wine. So I like to say, well, first of all, your refrigerator is too cold because most refrigerators are between the 35 degrees to 37 degrees. So okay. if you had your white wine, God forbid, but sitting out on a counter, I would say put it in the refrigerator for about 15 minutes to bring it up to temperature and then and then drink it. Don't leave it, take it straight out of the refrigerator and pour it. So for a light, dry, white wine um, and, and sparkling wine, you, you want to shoot for between 40 and 50 degrees or okay. more of a full bodied white mm. and maybe a light fruity um, white wine, um, maybe the 50 or 60 degrees. And then when you're full bodied reds, you want to be up in the 60 to 65 degrees. Mm. So, and I always mm. get, well, what should I put my wine fridge on? You know, mm. if it's, I keep white and I keep red in it. Um, you know, shoot for 45 to 65 degrees on your wine fridge. Um, okay. Yeah. Do you know how we keep our wine cold? Okay, you know we have our Portovino bags, right? So right. you take two bottles of wine and you pour them into the little baggies. And yeah. when you're doing that, you're giving a little aeration. Right. And then you lock it up in the, you know, you do this little twisty thing. It actually, it keeps it, stores it better than like boxed wine stuff, right? Right. Um, right. like those, but um, we don't have that problem. Anyhow, so you lock it up, put it in your bag, but we put wine on like a cooler thing, um, cooler those packs. ice packs. Sure, sure, sure. You know what? It actually works, it works. pretty yeah, good it because does. the ice packs don't, and mm -hmm. we don't do the, um, the big dark, you know, those big heavy ones, like little right. ones that you would use maybe like if for your, if you've got a bruise or something, kind of right. very like a right. gel pack. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. then it's not too much. And so it, it, I don't know, for some reason, seems to be the perfect temperature. I don't know perfect. what we're doing, but it but works on the road, you know, no, and they're not they're not really frozen, frozen. They're right. just cold and they're pliable, mm -hmm. which is nice. So you can wrap them around the bottle if you mm -hmm. so. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever works. So. But don't the reason why you don't want your particularly well, any of your wines too cold is because it really dulls the aromas of the wine. You don't get to really enjoy the aromas. And as we've talked many times that um, ha having, being able to, to enjoy the aroma and the taste uh, yeah. together are really important to truly enjoy great wine. Mm -hmm. Yes. And a little aeration, right? Yeah. What do you think exactly. of those things where you pour, pour wine and it does like things to it? like aerates it or whatever. I don't use them, but uh, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know. A lot of people mm. use them. So I'd rather have you do that than, than not, not drink wine. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> so try drink the it. Wine. Yeah. Okay. Mm. So, Hey, we got into temperatures. That's a good thing for mm. right now because the weather is also changing. Right. So right. one other tip, yeah. let Go me ahead. just say, mm -hmm. if you have one of those wine racks in your kitchen, above your stove or above your oh. refrigerator do oh. not put your wine in there <laughs> it'll get yeah. bad yeah the kitchen is the hottest part of your house yeah and it will ruin your wine we yeah. don't want that we don't want mm -hmm. that <laughs> so mm -hmm. um when we, we get into the vineyard we've got to find out what's going on because things i mean it's interesting we've been talking to produce people and all these everyone and garden people like in in central california and they're going 
are berry festivals not happening until June, which is out of the, it's just because everything changed because of the weather being cold and, and you know, just the weather has changed when everything is ready for harvest compared to, you know, for right. berries and stuff. So what's happening in the grapevine in regards to the weather being different from last year? Well, we're doing well, you know, when, in the vineyard, I, I know we dodged a bullet with the horrible weather that we've had and how cold it was. I mean, in Cochise County, which is the county that we're in, in Arizona, um, the whole pistachio crop was uh, ruined. So we're not going to have <gasps> oh, any. No. Oh, no. Oh, those are family farms. Family those are farms. all family farms. Oh, um, a lot of the wow. trees, uh, the peaches and like Apple Annie's was hit very oh. hard. Yeah. Oh, no, we like them. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Mm. So we dodged a bullet. Uh, we really did. So in the vineyard, there's some markers that we look for as we're working towards the um, in the growing season as we're working towards harvest. The first one we talked about was bud break that happens mm -hmm. in the, the vineyard. And that happened in early April. And if you remember, mm -hmm. I had mentioned that because of the weather, all of the varieties were budding out at the same time, mm -hmm. which was unusual. Usually they bud out at different times, depending on the variety. Then we're, what we're, where we are at now is flowering and mm -hmm. transitioning into fruit set. I talked a little bit about flowering in May because that's when it first starts. And that's when you see, I mean, it's not a real showy flower, but at the end of, of the, um, where the, it buds out, you get the little white, uh, little furry things at the end. And that's, you know, where we're hopefully going to start seeing some fruit set, which is the next marker okay. that happens. And we see that mid-June, maybe the, the fruit set occurring. And depending on the variety into um, July. So that's the third big marker we look for. And what's what's great about taking a look at fruit set, it might help us predict if all goes well and fingers crossed, how much uh, fruit we might anticipate from the harvest. It's our first way of mm. getting a feel for that so that we can determine, okay, how many barrels are we going to order and how, what's, what kind of yeast are we going to get? All those kind of decisions mm. will help us make that at that time. And mm. then the other two markers, obviously, is berasion, which happens, oh, yeah. yep, and we'll talk more about that in July, I'm sure, because it usually occurs in late July and into early August, and that's when the grapes turn um, from the green color to uh, beautiful purples or a, a different kind of green, depending on the, the white wines. And then, of course, harvest, which begins in late August mm. um, into September and October. Could it be delayed because of the weather change? The harvest? I, I, um, I don't think so. It all, it, at least not from the past weather, from what might happen between now and harvest might dictate when, oh. when it occurs. So the, how the weather um, continues. Remember last year we talked about it. Um, we had a hard time ripening because mm -hmm. of the rain and so on that we had. So it all depends on what happens between now and August, but we're on the march to harvest and it, the vineyard looks beautiful. Um, the, the crop load looks looks decent, particularly for Grenache and Petit Syrah. 
for us. The vignette looks like we might have had a little bit of damage, um, but there is, you know, a, a nice load out there um, mm. in, with the Syrah. Mm. So we're hopeful that um, oh. we're headed towards that. So what we're doing right now, because the, they're like weeds, the vines are just growing like weeds, we have to start managing the canopy in the vineyard. Okay. So um, that it, there's enough airflow through the vines. So we're going through and getting rid of um, doing some shoot thinning and getting rid of the stragglers that we don't want on the vine um, to take the energy away from all of the shoots that we do want to have. So we're doing okay. a lot of vineyard work. It's very hand hand to hand combat out there and training the vines to go up onto the the uh, onto the secondary wire so that as it continues to grow it has this nice canopy um, over the grapes but also there's enough airflow occurring okay. within the vine so we don't want sweaty grapes no, no sweaty grapes yes exactly nope, nope. <laughs> I'm exactly. going right to SNL there. My brain went right there. I can't help it. <laughs> well, Lisa. No, no. But no, but this is, I mean, the aeration too, that's the interesting thing because you do have humidity out there. Not and as that's, much that as is, a lot of places. Yeah. I mean, you could get, yeah, because I was wondering about how some of the places that we've been through do wine in such humidity, like North Carolina. And right. how do they do wine mm. in humidity it's pretty it's, it's pretty humid yeah, yeah i i don't know um that's really tough i mean you need in in like for pinot noir that's why it grows mm -hmm. so beautifully up in oregon um mm -hmm. and because they do have some humidity but they don't have any kind of humidity like in the east coast or where you're you're referring oh, to okay. so it depends on the grape variety so you got to choose a grape variety that does well in that kind of climate, mm. but we don't we don't get very humid until you know, um, well, we really don't until into September, late August, September. Different than you know, up in the valley mm -hmm. of, of where I am right now, up around Scottsdale, that gets humid in the monsoon season. But I mean, nothing yeah. like nothing like the east coast <laughs> right yeah that humidity is like oh i forgot about this yeah it's a yeah. little different a little different i'm used to going outside and drying my hair um right. in the yeah. desert. you know that's that's kind of what i'm used to but um so canopy management is happening so it's like creating it's almost like, it's like you know how the those it's it's not japanese maple but there's those plants where they grow like little hats Bonsai? yeah oh. kind of like the but uh -huh. there's this one plant. Oh, you see it more in the Pacific West where it's weeping almost oh. with flowers. And that's kind of what it sounds to me with doing your canopy. So you're creating this nice little shade blanket everywhere um, right. out in the vineyard. So I think it's all exciting, you know, and we want it all to go really well because we want a lot more wine, you know, exactly. that's exciting. <laughs> well, we do. That's exciting. Yeah. And by the way, you were mm. talking about rosé. Rosé, you said is International Rosé Days coming up June 10th. Mm. Right, That's June 10th. Yes, Ooh, so grab there. yourself, you know, grab two different two bottles of rosé mm -hmm. at least or more, but do a side-by-side -side tasting, you know, try a rosé of like rosé of Grenache like that we make and maybe try a very light Provence style rosé. And 
see the difference because as we've talked about in the past, rosé isn't a type of grape. Rosé is the winemaking style. So you can have rosé made out of a variety of different grapes. So play around with it. Okay, so Nancy had to disappear and play with some dogs over there. I think she really went to go get a bottle of rosé. Uh, Peggy, you, you know how she is. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's summer season and everybody's running around and having a good time outside. It's pool time. Uh -huh. That's what's going on. Um, you've got your term, your wine term for this month. And Darif, am I getting this right yet? You Durif? are. Durif I want to say Durif, yeah. but it's not. I want to say Durif, but. Uh, I believe it's Darif and it has a real okay. strange history. It's actually named after a French botanist, Francois de Reef, that in 1880 and at his home in Mount um, Pellier, um, uh, France, he did a, a, he was playing around with grape varieties and he, he crossed a uh, Syrah and a, Pal, a Palacin, I, I totally am screwing up that name, P-E-L-O-U-R-S-I-N grape. And okay. He accidentally uh, created this Darif. Uh, he named it Darif. And it's actually a Petite Syrah. It didn't oh, do wow. well. It didn't do well in, in France because of it couldn't ripen because of the, the temperature there. But some Californians uh, at that time brought some home, planted it in California, and it really took off. So it yeah. is um, it's widely planted in Australia and in California, and of course in Arizona, it's our specialty grape at our vineyard. We love Petite Syrah. And I since we're going really to like be, your Petite Syrah. <laughs> yeah. And since we're going to be talking about grilling, I thought it'd be a great term to introduce. It's a high tannic wine. And mm. if you're getting uh, Darif or Petite Syrah from, that was produced in a cold climate, you might pick up some black cherry and plum notes to it. But if you're you're getting a um, Darif or Petit Syrah from a warmer climate, like from us, it's you mm -hmm. picking up blackberry and prune kind of flavors mm. to it. It's just perfect for grilling, stronger meats, game, um, lamb, anything with spicy sauces. It's the perfect pairing. So we love our Petit Syrah. And uh, um, hopefully you can try some with your next barbecue. I want some. <laughs> I love yeah. your wines. Yeah. I remember. Um, speaking of that, so when we get to grilling, then you talk about we've got your tips in every one. We've also got a recipe. We got you hooked up from Peggy here. We've got <laughs> tips uh, on grilling, smoking, and barbecuing. And then we've got your recipe for grilled ribeye steak with firecracker onions and roasted potatoes. And I thought that was interesting because of the spice that goes into that. Right. And so it, I was, yeah, wondering about that, the flavors of pairings, spice, and then even just like you're saying, one like venison's going to be different than chicken. And then if you smoke and if you use barbecue sauce, all of that has to play into what to pair, right? I have trained you so well. I've been learning. I've been <laughs> <Yeah>. learning. <laughs> See, but that's because we're not having wine when we're we're talking on these podcasts. <laughs> if we were having wine, it would just you know. Whoops. Let's let's repeat that. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you're exactly right. Like all the widgets that I always talk mm -hmm. about are come into play. So, you know, when you're you're doing ribs, for example, and you put 
a, a barbecue, a tomato-based barbecue sauce versus a maybe mm. a mango-based sweeter barbecue sauce, it's going to, you're going to have to pair it differently because of the saucing that you put onto it. But, you know, we barbecue year round, obviously, mm -hmm. and smoke year round I, um, here in Arizona. And even at the vineyard, we do it year round, but not everyone has that opportunity. So people are, um, you know, dusting off their barbecue grill and hopefully um, starting to think about it. And I wanted to talk a little bit about the three different styles, mm -hmm. you know, barbecuing, grilling, and smoking they're they're really three different techniques and you use a different kind of proteins typically uh, depending mm -hmm. on which technique you use so when you're thinking about barbecuing you're cooking over indirect heat on an outdoor grill typically and you're you're slowly cooking it versus grilling which is you're putting your meat or whatever you're grilling mm -hmm. over direct heat and over, and so you're cooking it quickly because you want to get a um, a crust, or uh, you want to sear in the juices of whatever the meat is that you're doing, and you're going to so you're going to cook it quicker and at higher temperatures, and then smoking, which is similar to barbecuing, mm -hmm. uses the indirect heat, um, but it's a longer cooking time. So that's something if you're using tougher cuts of meat. You and you want to impart the smoking mm -hmm. kind of flavor into the meat, you would smoke it. And so you're adding some chunks of wood or or charcoal mm. um, to create the flavor profile that you might. Is it apple? So that's where the petite Syrah really comes in. Correct. Really good. You know, um, I, I grilled something that I'd never thought I would ever grill in my life. Actually, more than one thing. I And it was it all arrived on Nancy's birthday and then it was Mother's Day weekend and she, you know, like, all right, you got to go do this. A big grilling basket from Melissa's Produce. And they had, I mean, I was I was very nervous about this because there were vegetable. it was all vegetables. Okay. And um, fennel bulb, who oh, knew? Yeah. And it turned out really good. Portobello. So we, our, our protein for that oh, was yeah. portobello's, oh, which yeah. was not nice and earthy. Uh, very light marinade, but we did have wine with it. And uh -huh. I think it was a petite, it wasn't like a heavy, heavy. Um, and then chamayo, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correct. Chamayo, chamayo, chamayo. It's C-H-O-A-T-E? C-H-I-M-A-Y-O, chamayo. You'll see them in, in, in like um, uh, specialty stores, uh, Mexico. The green. Uh, yeah, green, like a yeah. green thing. Yeah, it's a squash, happen. actually. So that yeah. was new garlic yeah. and these little baby onions that I was thinking of your firecracker onions Love now that. I want to go get those onions and do that but I, I actually had no idea but I was just thinking a petite Syrah and those fennel bulbs I fell in love with fennel bulbs oh, and yeah. I cooked them and I didn't break anything I didn't burn the house down I mean I did it <laughs> I was very proud of fabulous. myself and I thought of you because I was going there's all these different like bell peppers and all of these different things in here Parent, but it really went well. I was I was oh, amazed. Awesome. You know, you know, always when you're when you're cooking with vegetables, um, some of the like the portobello mushroom or the mm -hmm. um, the fennel, you know, think of it like a protein. You what you would do with a protein. So mm -hmm. a portobello is very meaty. Mm -hmm. 
So you can marinate that. It'll pick up the, particularly in red wine, mm. marinated in red wine, it'll pick up the flavors. But you could put, you know, pretty heavy duty, um, you know, cheeses or sauces oh. on it. I, I love to do um, portobello pizza. You know, oh. use use the portobello as the base for your pizza ingredients. Are you kidding me? Oh, I'm going to go get portobellos Fabulous. like right now. Oh yeah, portobellos, I'm going to do that Ooh. when it's in season with bacon. Have, oh yeah, have fun with it. It's it. I mean, I could be a vegetarian if you give me portobello mushrooms. I'm with I'm with but bacon, but bacon with it. That, oh yeah, we have to yeah. Nancy request bacon but yeah. like oh with a little bit of blue cheese oh my god beautiful and then you put it with a uh, wonderful petite sirah you have a perfect meal mm. you know the other tip about grilling vegetables is put them on skewers you know the yeah the, exactly the peppers the onions um you if you want to chop up that beautiful portobello um put it on a skewer and then brush it with them or marinate them or brush it with a light, you know, soy, honey, or a balsamic. We used to base. do kebabs all the time in South Africa yeah. was part of barbecuing, but people would do chicken. Um, and so it'd be the vegetable and the protein, yeah. Yeah. but they would marinate it. It was like, you'd get them as, it was like a, a staple of food. Oh, and yeah. I, and this marinade would kind of have like a, I think everyone used some kind of tomato base and spice and and so uh, that's kind of your recipe reminds me of all of that and yeah. so it would soak people would marinate it for 24 to 48 72 hours breaks down that and that meat you do it especially with cheap cuts of meat you oh, know the, yes. the, yeah and it tenderizes down now i'm hungry i haven't had this for so long but what would you pair with that wine wise because of well, the depends. Yeah, with the tomato, um, I would do a medium red or a Syrah. You know, I have a beautiful Syrah here. Would go great with. She's making us all like thirsty. Yeah, and um, so a medium red, a, a Pinot Noir, um, or maybe a fuller-bodied bodied, uh, white wine might might stand up to it, depending on. Um, mm. It might clash with the tomato. I'm not certain. But we uh, just had a beautiful prime rib that we smoked. Mm. You know, we smoked it for, it was an herb crusted prime rib and we smoked it on app or- um, Applewood? Applewood, mesquite? I believe it was, mesquite. No, okay. it wasn't mesquite. We typically smoke on mesquite, mm. but we did, I believe it was an applewood. And oh mm. my goodness, was it incredible. Mm. Um, and, uh, but that's a tender cut of meat but we did smoke it. So you have to, you don't want to overcook it. So it's something that you would have to really watch. But typically when you're smoking, you're doing, you want to really impart flavor into the meat. So you want to mm -hmm. do it over, um, you know, indirect heat, like I, I had suggested, mm. but, mm. Um, and you want to try to maintain that temperature uh, consistently over time. So you have to watch it. Uh, quite a bit when you're smoking it to make sure that the temperature stays consistent. Mm. Now, what about your onion rings? Tell people about how to do your firecracker onions because those these are the best. Sound, I'm, I'm like, and how, how fun for, you know, this time of year, 4th of July coming up and all of that. Um, it's, it's just, yeah, I, I want just the name. I'm all like, yeah. Oh my gosh. So uh, white onions sliced for like an onion ring. 
and uh, marinate it in Tabasco or your favorite hot sauce. And you marinate it, doesn't have to be a long time, but you wanna marinate them to pick up that flavor. And then I believe, I don't have the recipe in front of me, I have it then mm. um, dipped into panko, don't I? Um, yeah, you have, um, yeah, Tabasco, you've got, oh, you got the potatoes too. Garlic powder, salt and pepper, Tabasco and oil. Um, garlic you yeah I don't see the I don't have a coating no and then yeah yeah you don't coat those ones but you could if you wanted you could you could if you wanted to but then Mm. oh my gosh they are spicy and oh you're cooking them in oil oh yes yeah and you oh wait you cover them in flour there we go I knew there was something yeah Yeah, you did some flour so that's Ooh, ooh. But it's a light flour. So when I take it, I use a, a, a fork and I take the onion ring out of the Tabasco and then put it into the flour that's already mixed with your garlic and your other seasonings and then really shake it mm-hmm. off. Um, so there's not a lot of it on there and then put it in your hot oil. Uh, it ooh. cooks right up, but it's it's pretty fabulous. Could people air fry that? Oh, yeah, probably. I'm, I am not familiar with air fryer. I have no clue about it. I've had to, you know, as we travel the country doing our pet sitting, you know, why you hear dogs, people. <laughs> Sorry, uh-huh. But hey, listen, we get to have wine time all over the country. It's great. Uh-huh. Um, but the, the air fryers are there and people are using them as toasters. And I'm going, right. I'm not like, I, it's a whole, I, I'm scared of them, actually, in a weird, it's kind of like those pressure cooker, one pot, hot pot thingies. Right. Right. I'm like, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of nervous about them. Like, I don't know. People swear by them and love them. I just, I don't, I don't fry a lot of foods. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I I mean, I, I cook, you know, so mm-hmm. I would, I would just fry. D- but, just fry them. But ooh, yeah. and the, the Tabasco, when you get into really spicy food, can it overpower your wine? Because I don't want that. Because the wine to me is more important. Right. And, and as you know, as we've learned that you don't want the food to overpower the wine or the wine to overpower the food. And so, yes, with a spicier food, you want a heavier or fuller bodied wine in order to make sure that it pairs well with it. So, you know, from a Syrah on up to a Cabernet Sauvignon would be probably best mm. with those spicier foods. It would overpower a white wine. It would clash mm. actually. Um, with that Tabasco would probably clash with a white wine. So, um, however, you know, like our rosé of Grenache, which is a fuller bodied um, yeah, that might rose, do it. You might. You, it might mm-hmm. be a, a, an interesting pair. I've had so. spa- um, you know Spanish food with with rosés, like you know oh, that yeah. kind of that those flavors, and that's ooh, I'm hungry and thirsty. Uh, and, this is know, dangerous. I know the rosé goes beautiful with spicy, like Thai food. So um, yeah, try it with some spicier foods. What? Okay, so in summer is coming, we're talking about grilling. What about dessert? Because some people actually do like apple pie oh. on cast iron, oh, yeah. you know, and that kind of thing. I'm thinking a wine and then, you know, there's s'mores and stuff like that. S'mores, however you say it. Um, how? What would you do with that? Because now we're getting this sweet, sweet, sweet side. Would you do like a port or like a, a, you know, a nice dessert kind of wine to go with that. Right. You don't want too sweet of a wine to go with sweets. You want a drier wine to go with your, with your sweets. Mm. Um, 
So I think up on our, our website or up on, um, on my page, we talked about grilling pineapple. Uh, oh, that's right. We've got that recipe. Yeah, that's what I thought. Oh, we'll link. Which... We'll link that. Everyone, we'll hyperlink that from. And all of this, uh, Peggy's recipe and grilling tips is all linked from the radio show notes. So wherever you're listening or watching, check out those links. I'll put that up there for people because it's also the pineapple and even when you start bringing ice cream in, that changes the profile too. Correct. So pine, you know, grill your pineapple. Grill peaches. Oh. Peaches are in season right now oh. out west, and so. Um, Take a nice ripe peach, not overly ripe, um, but a nice white and, and cut it in half and put the um, the put it on the grill flesh side down is Ooh. just incredible. And then you can brush it with a little um, um, honey or, you know, after it comes out to sweeten it more and put it with some whipped cream just by itself with some whipped cream or put some ice cream with it just to die mm. for. Yeah. It's yeah. always dangerous when you come on a show. By the time we're done, I'm like, I need, I need to eat. I need to have wine. Uh-huh. You know, it's a little early for wine time. But then, you know, but you guys get to drink wine whenever you want. You're that's right. You, you get that's to taste. That's right. part of your job. Like, yeah, to- it is. It is, <laughs> and we're in the process of doing a lot of the tasting because we're making some blends and and getting ready to bottle some more wine. So, even though we're busy in the vineyard, we're also busy in the winery. Um, working away to try to get the winery tidied up so we can bring in the grapes this in August. Oh, wow. And, and at the tasting room in Scottsdale, I see that you guys have all kinds of events all the time. So we try, we try, you know, it's all about creating experiences for people Mm because, you know, if you, you will learn and you experience the wine um, and you experience or learn about our approach to winemaking, I think people are more apt to want to take some wine home with them. And ultimately, mm. that's our goal is to sell wine, because we have a lot yeah. of it. <laughs> All right, we like that. We like that. Yeah. So everyone, ldvwinery.com is the website to go. Again, check out the show notes. And if you're in Arizona, go to Scottsdale, go see Peggy. Um, they've got all kinds of great events at the winery. And when you go on their website, I encourage you to sign up for their newsletter. I love getting news from Peggy. I'm like, she's got more recipes. She's got things going on. It's fun. So keep up with them there. Um, and also Kurt does videos. You both do videos too, right. Um, right. which is great. So people can uh, stay in touch with what's happening in the winery and the vineyard. So um, everyone, again, ldvwinery.com will link you to everything. Peggy is here every first Wednesday, which we love. And uh, keep up with us at bigblendradio.com and happy summer. Thank you so much, Peggy. You bet. We'll see you soon. Cheers. I better go see what Nancy's done with that bottle of wine.